How deep is our faith in what we profess? Just how deep is that? Well, I want to read a, a little um, reading that I got from, actually, Facebook showed it to me. It's something I posted years ago. And I said, you know, this is, this is a pretty profound reading. But the reading itself, what, what makes it more profound is the author, the author of this reading. I'll tell you who that author is. And it goes like this. A church that suffers no persecution but enjoys the privilege and support of the things of the earth, beware, is not the true church of Jesus Christ. A preaching that does not point out sin is not the preaching of the gospel. A preaching that makes sinners feel good so that they are secured in their sinfulness betrays the gospel's call. Now this was rich, uh, written by the former Archbishop of El Salvador, Oscar Romero, who was killed while holding mass. And there's a lot more to this story, of course, but the short version of it is that he followed the truths of the church and wanted to protect the most innocent. He died for his faith and what he professed. When I read this today, it also kind of reminded me of a story that uh, I went through. And it was something that I was asked after I received the announcement that I was accepted into the diaconate to become a deacon. I spoke to a very, very dear friend of mine about my new journey as a deacon, and she, as a deacon, and she asked me one question that I would never forget to the day I die. And she asked, are you willing to die for your faith? Are you willing to die for your faith? And I, I, I paused and I, I, I was kind of thrown back. And then I started reciting what came to mind first. And I started reciting the creed in my head to reflect on the truths that I've professed and trusted all these years. See, sometimes these words of the creed become kind of second nature. And they're kind of etched in our memories from reciting them every Sunday, but they mean so much more. Every Sunday we stand as congregation after the homily and we recite these words of the creed, I believe in one God, the Father Almighty. But what exactly is the creed? Well, first, this is what the creed is not. First things first. So let's dispel some of the misguided ideas about the creed. It's not a single solitary summary of the entirety of the Catholic faith. In fact, it's not even singular. 
because we use two creeds regularly at our Catholic Church, the Apostles' Creed and the Nicene Creed. These two creeds aren't contradictory to each other, but they include different wording. And the Nicene Creed is a little bit larger in content. Even the longer of the two, the Nicene Creed doesn't include a complete summary of the Catholic faith. For example, the Eucharist is never mentioned in that creed. And with the stanza of Jesus talks about the birth and passion, it gives no mention of his teachings and his miracles. And what about Mary and apostles? Well, kind of barely mentioned in the creed, yet those are all things that we believe so that we can say that the creed is, well, we can't say that the creed is a complete summary of the Catholic faith. The last point to clarify is that the creed is not lifted out of the pages of Scripture. See, in the Sermon on the Mount, Jesus doesn't address the crowds and say, well, those who want to follow me must believe the following things. It's not included among the letters of St. Paul, nor the Acts of the Apostles. We didn't take it line for line directly out of any place in the Scripture. And that's not saying that the creed goes against the Scripture. It's certainly rooted a lot in Scripture. But the composition of the creed came centuries after the life of Jesus and the writings of the Scriptures. So you might be asking about now, what exactly is the creed then? Well, the word creed itself comes from the first word in Latin, credo, I believe, I believe. So we can certainly say that the creed is something in which we believe and hold to be true. Here's how the Catechism of the Catholic Church begins its explanation of the creed. Whoever says, I believe, says, I pledge myself to what I believe. Communion in faith needs a common language of faith, normative for all and uniting all in the same confession of faith. The Catechism goes on to say that the creed is a sign of recognition and communion between believers, a summary of the principal truths of the faith, in other words, it's a summary. Even if it's not a complete one, it is a summary of the principal truths, the main idea, the core tenets. It's not everything, but it's a lot of the most important stuff. And the creed is a sign of recognition and communion between each and every one of us. At Mass, we profess the same creed all together. It's a point of agreement, so to speak. The Catechism further writes that the creed serves as the first and the fundamental point of reference for catechists. It's a starting point for learning about the faith. It's like an initial pitch of our faith we do, what do we believe as Catholics? Well, we should start 
with the creed. In fact, Christian missionaries have often embraced this as a starting point of evangelization. St. Francis, Francis Xavier, the great Jesuit missionary of the 16th century, would begin his teachings with the creed and then the Ten Commandments, and then he'd teach them the Our Father and Hail Mary in any new town or village that he arrived in. Even today, we know that the creed is a fundamental component of our RCIA brothers and sisters. In belief, the creed is a conscious summary of the principal truths that we agree on as a church. So what are some of these principal truths in the creed? Well, every line in the creed is packed with meaning, so it would take a lot more than this teaching within my homily to outline all of these truths contained. But let's just highlight a very few key points within these truths. For starters, the creed is a fundamentally, it's fundamentally Trinitarian. We profess our belief in one God who is three persons, God the Father, Jesus Christ, the only begotten Son, and the Holy Spirit. The creed asserts both the divinity and humanity of Jesus. Jesus is the person with two natures. He's fully human and fully divine. We also affirm a few fundamental truths about Jesus, the incarnation. Jesus became human and was born of Mary, born to Mary. And Jesus' passion, he suffered, died, and rose from the dead. We confess in the creed that Jesus' life, passion, death, and resurrection are undertaken for our salvation. Along with these truths about the Trinity, we also affirm the four marks of the church in the creed. And they are one, holy, Catholic, and apostolic. These marks are interconnected characteristics that the church aspires to realize. With the church, we further recognize the fundamental importance in our faith of baptism, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the dead, and eternal life. So what do we do with this today? Well, at the end of reciting the creed at Mass, the entire congregation proclaims one thing. We proclaim, Amen. It's our declaration of affirmation. It is so. Amen. We, the people, the assembled faithful, affirm our common beliefs in the creed. It is not the entirety of our faith, but it includes some of the most important principles, truths that we believe. Rooted in scripture and written centuries ago, the creed continues to hold meaning in our lives today. So spend some time with the creed. Spend a little time in prayer with the creed. Reflect on each of these words when you receive a copy of this creed. 
bring it to prayer because this is what we believe. Now, my answer to my friend who asked me if I would be ready to die for my faith, I said, yes, I'm ready to die for my faith. I'm willing to die. Now, are you, as believers, are you willing to die for your faith? We will soon profess these same truths. Do that same thing. Do this same thing. Be willing. Be willing to accept whatever our Lord gives us.